Hello, and welcome to The Therapist Mindset. I'm your host, Jamie Bonaiuto, licensed professional counselor, licensed alcohol and drug counselor, registered yoga instructor, and Reiki master. The Therapist Mindset brings you evidence-based therapies with a spiritual backbone. Through mindfulness, we can grow and change. Thank you so much for being here today, and I want to thank you in advance for continuing to support The Therapist Mindset. Please give us a five-star review and share, share, share. The more we follow and share, the more people will have the opportunity to listen to this podcast. So thank you. It means the world to me. My heart is full. And now let's dive deep in to our non-negotiables with my guest and dear friend, best friend since birth, sister Marie Boyd. Marie is a precision nutrition level two coach. She is a personal trainer. And like I said, she's been my best friend since birth. And today we are talking non-negotiables. Let's get to it. So today we're talking non-negotiables and I wanted Marie here just to kind of banter with and run things off of. So Marie, thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. (laughs) So non-negotiables, I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about when I say that, but I'm going to explain just a little bit. And I started thinking about non-negotiables seven years ago um, while I was separating and going through a divorce. And after my divorce, I said to myself, you know, one of the things that's always been really important to me, one of the things that kind of lights me up that like brings fire and passion to me is travel. So every year I'm going to go somewhere with my daughter that we've never been before. And to this day, and that was 2017, to this day, I have kept that as a non-negotiable, whether it's a state in the United States, whether it's a different country, whether it's a town 40 minutes away that I've never been to, Every year we go somewhere that we have never been before and check it out. And I got to thinking more about non-negotiables in my travel time and how proud I was of myself in keeping this non-negotiable, keeping this commitment to myself. And I said, Jamie, calling it a non-negotiable, at least for me personally, helps keep me accountable. So you might call it a goal, you might call it a commitment, you might call it an intention, whatever you call it, doesn't matter to me. It's all the same as long as you identify it and call it something. Marie, do you, I don't know if you've thought about this at all, but do you call it like a goal or a commitment or a non-negotiable? No, I just call it something that I have to do. (laughs) Okay. No, that's great. So you're identifying something you have to do every day. So that's your daily, what I call daily non-negotiable. So that's really what I want to talk about is the different types of non-negotiables. So when I talk about traveling with my daughter and going somewhere that we've never been before, at least once a calendar year, that's like my long-term non-negotiable. So other non-negotiables though are like, my non-negotiables that I have for my personal relate, like my relationships. So my uh, partner, potential partners, future partners, my friendships. 
what kind of non-negotiables do you have for your relationships? Like what would be an example of something you identify as a non-negotiable for relationships? I mean, it depends on what kind of relationship. Um, you know, I don't really, I don't think I really have any for re- relationships. I just want people to treat me nicely. So that's a non-negotiable that they have to like, they no abusive behavior, right? Right. Yeah. Or no taking advantage or of your boundaries. Right. Yeah. So you might, and I think Marie, you're like many people. You have these things, but haven't really thought so much about it that you've identified it as a non-negotiable. So your non-negotiable may be that someone treats you well with kindness, with respect, with love. That's a non-negotiable for your relationships, for your spouse, for maybe even as a parent, your child, um, for your friendships. And, you know, my non-negotiables would be different. Everybody's are different. There's no right or wrong. It's what you identify as your values and what you determine is your non-negotiable in your relationships in your life. And I was thinking about this more today as I was, you know, thinking about traveling and my divorce and cleaning up the house and finding things like illicit substances and bottles of urine. And I was like, how did my non-negotiables in my personal relationships get so tossed by the wayside that it had come to this? So a lot of times we don't even think, like Marie, you've been in a healthy relationship and have healthy friendships for a very long time now. So this isn't something like you really think of, but when you're kind of cleaning up your life and you're like, how did this happen? How did somebody dump all over my life? And now I'm cleaning up this shithole that I was left with. And you're thinking more now about, or at least I am about what are my non-negotiables going forward? So they might be or they are, I should say, but some examples of mine personally would be no illicit substances. Like that's a non-negotiable for me. And like you, no um, treating me unkind. Like I need to be talked to and treated in a way that shows compassion, acceptance, and respect. So those are non-negotiables for personal commitments, like personal relationships. And other people may call them values, and that's true too. Another category of non-negotiables, and this is really where Marie can dive deep, is your personal non-negotiables. So like I said, I travel with my daughter somewhere that we've never been before every year. And this year, I was so blessed I got to go to two places. I went on a solo hike in you know, Sedona, Arizona. I went on a four-day trip where I hiked every day. I was by myself. I've never been there before. It was beautiful. I was just so grateful. And then my family and I went to Panama. So Marie and her daughter shared a room with us in Panama and we were there for a week and I was teaching yoga and we were vacationing and exploring and Marie woke up every day at 5 a.m. and went to the gym. 5.45. Oh, 5.45. My mistake. I think she woke up at 5, but by the time she gathered herself together, it was 5.45. So that was your non-negotiable. And that's inspiring to me because whether you, you were on vacation 
and you still stuck to your non-negotiable for yourself, which is, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but exercising daily. Yeah, yeah. It's just, that's a non-negotiable for me. Not because it's something that, it's just something that I enjoy. Right. So the reason behind people's non-negotiables isn't for anyone to judge. It differs from person to person. So exercising daily, a non-negotiable for Marie, maybe because, like you just said, it makes you feel good. Other people might have other reasons for doing it, but for you, starting your day with exercise, whether you're on vacation or it's an average work week, makes you feel good. Right. Yes. And now as a personal trainer, when you're talking to your clients about what makes them feel good, how do they get started? Like that's the question I get a lot with therapy clients is, well, how do I identify my non-negotiables? So how did you identify or connect the dots with exercising every day, even when you're on vacation, makes you feel better, makes you feel better than you would have if you slept in? Well, I think it's trial and error for for a lot of people. Um, as a trainer, when people are first coming to me, usually things that make them feel better is food. Um, so it's like a trial and error to kind of just see, you know, okay, so how did I feel when I ate this chocolate bar and how did I feel when I took this walk? Yes. You know, to just yes. see the difference, to actually pay attention and see the difference. Um, and then most people will realize that they felt a little bit better with the walk than they did with the chocolate. Absolutely. So you're, I'm going to just rephrase it from a therapy perspective and an addictive, you know, as a licensed alcohol and drug counselor, we talk about this a lot. It's, you can't take away a maladaptive behavior or a destructive behavior like overeating, binge eating, drugs and alcohol, um, rest, uh, gambling, um, sexual addictions. You can't take away any behavior without having identified a replacement behavior. Because if you don't replace a maladaptive behavior with a replacement behavior, there's a void. People don't know what to do with themselves. So you're talking about, you know, the majority of your clients find comfort in food. It's an addictive quality. They're emotional eating. They're stress eating. They're seeking that dopamine surge with food, that opioid oxytocin surge in your brain that we get when we eat something yummy. So in order to take away that behavior that doesn't make them feel so good because one, it they're coming to you because they're not happy with their weight, but also the stress eating, the binge eating, they're coming to you because there's this element like my clients, this element of self-shaming after they eat that food. So they're replacing that behavior with a walk and seeing, you're saying trial and error, so see how you feel. After I take a walk, it's likely you're not self-shaming because you took a walk instead of eating the candy bar. It's likely that you still got that dopamine surge because exercise elicits the same neurotransmitters and endorphins in our bodies as eating food, as gambling, as sex, as doing cocaine. So replacing the behavior with a healthier behavior is key. So that is, you know, one of the things that 
me and you as a personal trainer and a therapist do the same. Identify, you know, through trial and error, what do you want to replace this maladaptive behavior with? And when you find something or a few things that work for you and a few tools in your toolbox for replacement behaviors, then ask yourself, is this now or eventually sometimes, you know, we just kind of organically morph into like, this is now my non-negotiable. Like now I know after getting up and going to the gym every day or taking a walk every day or meditating every day that I feel so much better and handle stress so much more. And so now it's a non-negotiable for me. Right. Exactly. That's exactly it. So the other thing that you said that I thought was really important is that, and jump in here because I am not remembering exactly how you worded it, but basically my takeaway from it was that think about, you know, you said, think about how you feel after you take a walk versus eating a candy bar. And I tell people to kind of think about who do you want to be? So if I want to be somebody who um, is living a healthy lifestyle or somebody who is, um, I don't know what word I'm looking for, but living a healthy lifestyle, well, what type of person, like, what do they do? They might go to the gym every day. So identify, like, who do you want to be? What characteristics does that person you know, demonstrate and then start doing it. So I want to be somebody who is healthy in mind, body, and spirit. So when I look at somebody who maybe I admire, like a mentor, like Marie, what does, you know, Marie, Gabby Bernstein, you know, um, anyone that I look up to, when I think about what they do every day, going to the gym is one of those things they do every day. Meditating is one of those things they do every day. And so am I doing that? And if I'm not, you know, identify who you want to be and then start doing those behaviors. Not all at once, but maybe start with a walk every day for a week or two and then add another behavior change, another replacement behavior and eliminating a maladaptive behavior to your life. Okay, so those were... Non-negotiables long-term, non-negotiables for your relationships, personal non-negotiables like exercise. For me, it's exercise, meditation, writing in my journal, and sleep. Like sleep is a non-negotiable for me. I need my sleep. Um, I, I cannot like burn the candle on both ends. I need sleep. What are, other than exercising every day, Marie, what would you say are at least one other non-negotiable for you or a common non-negotiable that you see in your clients? I was going to say, <laughs> there's one thing that I eat every day that is not negotiable. I was thinking, I was hoping you would say food. There is one thing that Marie eats every day. Every single Every day. <laughs> Every day. It doesn't matter where she is. It doesn't matter what she's doing. She eats this. doesn't matter what time she gets home. She eats this every day, and it is a non-negotiable for her. And do you want to tell people what it is, or should I? It's my casein protein pudding that I make uh, with some peanut butter, and I 
just love it so much. It's not negotiable <laughs> for me. I eat it every night. I drink my tea and I eat this every single night. And if I am not able to eat it, I feel very stressed. Yeah, so that's a good point. So uh, FYI, her family calls this casein protein pudding mud because that's what it looks like. But Marie eats it every day at the same time every day. And, and one of the traits of the most successful people is a pretty consi- you know, is consistency and routine. So people do the same thing at the same time every day. You might call it boring, but I call it stability. Um, and I tell people, especially people in early recovery or active addiction, if you're motivated to have a stable lifestyle, you have to get used to being boring because boring is stability. Doing It's predictable. Doing It's safe. Doing the same thing every day about the same time. So Marie is at the gym every day about the same time and Marie is eating her mud every night at the same time. However, what I do want to point out is that you said, if I don't do this, I feel stressed. Yes. So that's the rigidity that could swing to the opposite end of the spectrum. And we have to balance that out. So I also feel hungry. (laughs) Yes. So Marie may have, correct me if I'm wrong. So what I, I factor in that snack I factor that into my daily meals. Mm -hmm. So I do feel hungry because, you know, without that, like I don't really eat a dinner. Um, I have a very small dinner and then I like to eat that because I enjoy that more than eating dinner. And usually I'm eating dinner, I'm giving food to my family, and then by the time I'm ready to eat, they're done, so then I'm cleaning up. So I really never even get the chance to eat. By the time I dish out everyone and then... They're ready to, you know, everything's ready to be put away. Yeah, that's a a fact for many mothers and working moms and working families. So that, you know, so you're factoring in to your daily routine that you're going to be eating this and it's part of your, you know, food intake. So if you, you know, not only does it make you happy, but it's part of your food. So you're hungry if you don't eat it. And I'm guessing, so like when we talk about the mud being a replacement food or replacement behavior for you, like prior to eating this, you know, maybe you sat on the couch and ate chips or maybe you, you know, snacked at night. So replacing something that you consider as like a not so healthy behavior, like snacking at night, like so many people do, you replaced with this pudding that's a protein, that's nutritionist, and makes you feel good. Right, exactly. So where do we start identifying and choosing our non-negotiables? So I'm going to give you some suggestions. This is what I suggest to people. Um, And I can't speak enough about meditation. You don't have to meditate. You could journal, but meditation, journaling, any kind of self-reflection is really how one gets to look inward and get to identify who am I, who do I want to be, and how do I become that person? So I touched on this a little bit, but kind of thinking about who do I want to be, what kind of person do I want to be, and what behavior aligns, what behavior is congruent with that 
kind of person. So if Marie is a personal trainer, which you are, and you want to be a per, like, what characteristics do you want to have as a personal trainer? What personal characteristics and values and behavior is important to you as a trainer and nutrition coach to have? Uh, Compassion, empathy, um, knowledge. Right. So in order to do that, you may need to read books for knowledge. What about with regards to nutrition and fitness? What kind of behavior aligns is authentic to someone who's a personal trainer and nutrition coach? Well, I try to, you know, practice what I preach. So I try to, you know, I do, you know, as we all know, exercise daily. Um, I don't, you know, kill myself doing it. I'm not exercising for, you know, three hours a day, but I do have my routine um, that I like to do. And I, you know, focus on different things each day. And I also like to eat good foods, not only because I want to practice what I, what I preach, but because I want to feel good and I want to live a long, healthy life. Exactly. So when we align our values with our behavior, with when our values, what's important to us, what feels good to us is congruent with our behavior, we feel good. And this is where I was stuck for a very long time. So I was not practicing what I preach, like Marie just said. I'm a therapist. I have a successful practice. I'm good at what I do. And then behind closed doors, I was in an unhealthy relationship. I was using substances. I was smoking cigarettes. I was doing all these things that didn't align with my values. And that led to depression, anxiety, worry people would find out who I was in the closet. And when I was with people and friends or people I thought were friends and I was with, you know, people, places and things that didn't align with my values, that didn't feel good either. I never had a good time. I never thought I could be myself and I couldn't be myself because I was afraid I would be rejected if I was true to who I am. So practicing what we preach and identifying our values and behaving accordingly is super important. Once you honor your authentic self, once you honor who you are truly, then you will thrive. You will have relationships that feel good. You will be with people who accept you instead of reject you. And you will just overall feel better. You will have less depression, less anxiety, less worry, less fear. So practicing what you preach is really important, not easy. So allow yourself that compassion, like Marie said, that empathy for yourself to make mistakes And you might fall down a few times, but as long as you get back up and say, okay, I know that this happened. I know that I fell because I behaved in a way that doesn't align with my values. And now I know and I'm going to do better. That's all that we can do. 
And that's the consequence of, you know, not honoring your authentic self. But the consequence of honoring your authentic self and being true to who you are is that you live a more joyous life with more abundance and more gratitude. Marie, are there any last minute kind of things or tips or tricks that you teach your clients or talk to your clients about when it comes to um, consistency? Um, I try to, you know, tell them to, consistency is very important. Let me just backtrack for a moment. Um, consistency is going to get you where you want to be. Um, but you also have to be patient with yourself. Mm -hmm. So if, you know, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. So if you are, you know, consistent for three days and then, you know, you're driving by McDonald's and you go and you get a Big Mac and you eat it. Um, don't beat yourself up for th- for the next three days. Right. You ate the Big Mac. It's not the end of the world. It's you over. Know, it's over. Literally, it's gone. Yes. <laughs> Jump right back on that path of consistency either later that day or the next day and move on. Um, you know, I find that most people feel like oh I just ate the Big Mac you know what let me just go get some ice cream oh well there we go I guess I'll just go you know get some chocolate because the day's already shot right that's the case of the efforts right that you messed up and instead of or I don't even want to use the word messed up because that's so judgmental but you did some you made a choice that you're now regretting and instead of saying okay I did this let's just move on it's a new day or a new hour or a new minute um, people say, F it, and let me go to Dairy Queen too. Exactly. So um, I try, again, to, you know, be, you know, have empathy with people and, um, you know, understand what they're going through, which I do understand what they're going through. And, you know, just tell them if you make a choice that you feel was not a good choice um, to just redirect, you know, like Jamie said, the the next minute, the next hour, the next day, and um, get yourself back on track. But consistency is extremely, extremely important for success. Right. I like how you said, too, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. So in addition to consistency being the key, how do we do that? We just put one foot in front of it, you know the other, one step at a time. And one day at a time, as they say. But I say, if one day at a time is too overwhelming for you, then take one hour at a time. There's, you know, there's no, you know, method to the madness is what works for you. There's no wrong way to do it if you are, you know, doing what works for you. So if it's too overwhelming to think of how am I going to maintain this the whole day, Think about how am I going to maintain this for the next hour or the next 15 minutes. So let's talk about coping skills now when it comes to non-negotiables. And we are talking about coping skills from the evidence-based therapy, dialectical behavior therapy, or DBT, um, developed by Marsha Linehan. It's evidence-based curriculum. It's been used uh, for decades. I love it. It incorporates 
behavioral therapy, focusing on interpersonal relationships, and mindfulness practice. So some DBT skills that I think are helpful for maintaining non-negotiables and identifying non-negotiables is knowing your interpersonal bill of rights. So when you want to identify your values, identify your non-negotiables, DBT calls it your interpersonal bill of rights. So we even suggest that people write a contract with themselves, like sit down and draft your bill of rights for relationships, sit down and draft your bill of rights for your personal self. And that may include things like, I have the right to be treated with respect. I have the right to feelings and opinions. I have the right to maintain boundaries. I have the right to say no. And remember, no is a complete sentence. You do not need to elaborate or justify your no. I have the right to ask for what I want and need. That might not mean that you're given what you want or need, but you have the right to assert yourself and ask. So identifying your bill of rights and writing it down is really helpful. And then the other DBT skill that I like that I want to talk about, and in DBT, it's called a pros and cons list, but in a different evidence-based treatment modality called integrative dual diagnosis therapy, which is IDDT, It is a decisional balance sheet. So they are essentially the same, but a little different. So it's a pros and cons list. And this exercise uses the thinking part of your brain, allowing you access to your wise mind, which is the balance of your emotion and rational self. And even when you have these urges, like to eat the the chocolate bar or to go to the casino or to, you know, hook up with, you know, some hot guy with tattoos, Even when you have these urges, taking a minute to pause and do a pros and cons list or a decisional balance sheet will help you make a decision with your wise mind, will help you make a well thought out decision that isn't an impulsive decision. And you might still choose to eat that candy bar, but if you know that you gave it thought and made that choice, you're gonna feel better. There's not gonna be as much self-shaming, self-judgment as if you didn't think about it at all and impulsively ate that candy bar. So a pros and cons list goes over what are the pros about doing this behavior. So let's use the candy bar as an example. So what are the pros about eating the candy bar and what are the cons about eating the candy bar? And decisional balance sheet is essentially, you know, kind of similar, but it's, I make four boxes and I say, what are the good things about eating the candy bar? And uh, people always think this is comical, but like Marie might use a candy bar with her clients. I use like, you know, what are the, what are the good things about doing this crystal meth? What are the not so good things about doing crystal meth? What are the good things about giving up crystal meth? What are the not so good things about giving up crystal meth? And people are like, what are you talking about, Jamie? And they're looking at me like I have five heads. But the fact is, if you there weren't benefits, if it didn't make you feel good, then you wouldn't be doing it. So it doesn't matter if it's a candy bar or smoking crack. You have to identify what are the good things about it, what are the not so good things about it, what are the good things about giving it up, and what are the not so good things about giving it up. So if you take 
even 10 minutes of your day to say the good things about eating the candy bar is that I'll feel good, I'll enjoy it for the next three minutes. The not so good things are is that I'll shame myself for the next hour. What are the good things about giving it up? I'll feel better. What are the not so good things about giving it up? Having cravings stresses me out and I don't know what to do about it. So when you have that conversation with yourself, you can make a decision. And like I said, you may choose to go for a walk instead of eating the candy bar. You may choose to call your sponsor or call a friend instead of doing that meth. Or you might choose to go buy a candy bar. And either choice is really not for me to judge. But my takeaway is that Taking this time, this process to have this conversation with yourself is the important piece. That's the takeaway here. So those are the DBT skills. And I introduced IDTT to today, Integrated Dual Diagnosis Therapy. That's a therapy. It's evidence-based and it's for people who um, have been diagnosed with a substance use disorder and a mental health disorder. So people who are dually diagnosed have comorbid stimulant addiction and depression or stimulant, you know, stimulant addiction and opioid use disorder. So IDDT is another evidence-based therapy in addition to DBT that's really helpful. And lastly, I just want to share this one technique. You can do it anywhere. I really love it. It's called a heart hold. So Marie, I'm going to ask you to do this with me. You're going to put one hand, um, I usually, your right hand over your heart, your left hand on your belly, and just gently press firm. In Inhale through your nostrils and mouth open, exhale. And let's do that three times. <sighs> And if you feel the urge to sigh or make a noise, just allow yourself to do that. And one more. And when we put ourselves in a heart hold, we're giving ourselves love. We're honoring ourselves. We're giving ourselves that firm touch and hug. And just allowing ourselves just that few 30 seconds, those three or four breaths of love that you deserve. So Marie, thank you for being here. How can people get in touch with you if they want to talk to you about personal training, nutrition, or any of your um, coaching services? You can send me an email, uh, mariefit.com. 2020 at gmail.com or you can find me on instagram at marie fit all one word 2020 okay thank you and as always thank you so much for supporting the therapist mindset please give this podcast a five-star review a follow and share 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 the more people we share this with the more people that might be helped by our information and education and services and you can find me on tiktok the therapist mindset and email me if you have any questions or suggestions for podcast episodes in the future at thetherapistmindset at gmail.com. Thank you so much. May you be well. Namaste.